Hey everyone, Kaylee and Lane here. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Pre-K Teacher Family. This is a podcast for all things Pre-K Teacher. Behavior management strategies, time-saving tips, advice from teachers, and high-quality resources. If you need it, we're talking about it. Let's not waste any more of your time, teachers. Buckle up. This is going to be fun. Hey, Lane. Hey, Kaylee. Are you ready for this? I think so. Okay, good. Let's do it. All right. This episode is going to help you figure out ways to get your students to do the talking. So today we're giving you strategies to help your kids take the lead when it comes to talking in the classroom. It can be so easy to take over the conversation without even realizing that you're doing it. But as teachers, we know that it's important to get the kids talking, but it's not always easy to do when they're four and five. Yes. And we all know when those observers come in, they want to see the kids talking. So we are giving you three different strategies to help you pass the very important role of talking onto your students. Okay, I'm excited about this episode for several reasons. As I was coming up with the ideas to share with you for this episode, I kept getting stuck because I thought, shoot, they won't understand this if they can't see what I'm talking about. So I've come up with a fun solution for that problem. Some of the things we're going to talk about today will be much more clear when you have a photo image in front of you. So I found a way to make that happen and you will actually get to see what we're talking about as you listen. So this is going to be fun. It's so cool. So uh, it can be tough to get your students talking because they are so young and they have limited vocabulary just because, well, they're all really learning language at this age. And as we know, you might have some bilingual students in there and some nonverbal students. Yeah, so there's a lot of variables that can come into play in an early childhood classroom. But the ideas that we're going to talk about with you today are ideas that will work for you no matter what kind of mix of students you have in your class. So the first strategy to get your students talking is an interviewing activity that we did every single day to help our kids' vocabulary grow throughout the year. It was an activity we did right away in the morning, first thing after breakfast, once we all got to the carpet, and it was something that they looked forward to each day. It had a very simple structure that we practiced with the kids, and very quickly they get it down and become very independent in the core elements of the interviewing process so that you can slowly increase the difficulty of the vocabulary that you're presenting them with. And while keeping everything else the same, they're ready to soak in the new words because they already have the steps of the routine down. It seems so hard to get the kids to use new vocabulary for each lesson that you're doing because you introduce it to them and it's so new to them. And then by the time you've used the vocabulary enough for them to start being able to use the words, boom, it's time to move on to the next thing and teach the new round of new words. And then it starts all over again. Yes. So it was this interviewing part of our routine that allowed us to keep building and building on the same base. Instead of building separate little towers of language for each new content bunch, you know, starting from scratch each time and trying to build a small building of language. With this one, whether it's like whether that would be weather words or community helpers, 
instead of instead of that with this strategy, it's like you're building a tower and you don't change the course. So the, you keep building one big building that keeps getting bigger and stronger. And it's it's very impressive to sit back and watch. So what you'll see with this activity is that we kept it very simple so that the kids can take ownership of the steps. And before you know it, the kids have taken the lead and they do all of the talking. So here's how it goes. You have a student of the day each day. And there's a slide that I created that I would project up onto the screen to guide this activity. And it will definitely help if you can see the slide that we're talking about. So we're gonna try something here. We found a fun new way for you to view photos that will clarify the things that we're talking about. All you have to do is text the word slide to 513-436-6609. So again, the word is slide and you're gonna text it to the phone number 513-436-6609. Yay! Once you text the word slide, you will get a message back that shows you the visual support we use to guide the students during this interviewing activity. <laughs> so exciting. I hope you like Very it. Very fancy. <laughs> yes. So once you receive that picture, you'll see at the top there's squares, which have the kids' pictures inside. And so that is the rotation for the students of the day. So it would be very clear and the kids could see who it was today, who it would be tomorrow, and who it would be in a few days. And they could kind of keep track. And it got to the point where they were so good at it that they, I would greet them in the morning as they came in and they would say, I know who the student of the day is because they had paid attention and figured out to see who the student of the day would be tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. Nice. Um, so did you have this printed out somewhere or was it on your smart board? Good question. It was up on the smart board. So I would have this projected up, you know, that was sort of the big screen that our morning meeting was based around, like our circle sat around that and that was right at the, at the front. Okay, cool. But you could, if you didn't have a smart board, you could easily make one, don't you think? Definitely. You yeah. could definitely print it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So, and getting um, to be the student of the day was a huge deal. And you know, it made them feel so good to get this little special treat every few weeks. If the child didn't remember it was their day, you could remind them when you greet them in the morning and their little face lights up. Their parents would always feel real special too. It made everyone <laughs> smile. And this was something they each got to experience every two to three weeks because you just go through the rotation of the class. So that order of students at the top would stay the same. Um, and once you get to the end, you just start again at the beginning. And each time you'd add more to the bottom portion because that as they've mastered the words, they are ready for more words, more complicated vocabulary. Yes. So at the start, um, the student of the day would come up to the front of the room right by the big screen that was projecting the slide and that's where the students would look to remember the questions that they were going to be asking as they're interviewing. So at the beginning of the year, the slide for the interviewing has six questions on it, as you can see from the photo. Some examples are, what is your favorite color? And then there's a little picture that shows different colors. So it helps them to be prompted by the image so they can remember. And it's pretty fascinating how well 
they can remember the questions based on the little picture that I put next to the question. So what's your favorite color? How old are you? Do you have any pets at home? What do you like to eat for dinner? Do you have any brothers or sisters? And then over time, you make the questions more advanced. I will change the question from brothers and sisters to do you have any siblings? And we'll talk about what siblings means. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so all of this will go in three-week cycles because that's about how many kids you'll have. So you'll just keep rotating through. So the first round of your questions are pretty simple and they're getting introduced to it. So you're telling them what the questions are and there's just a few of them. One being, how old are you? Or they can ask, when is your birthday? And I put a little picture of a birthday cake with birthday candles. And that's a good question for them to all know the answer to. You know, that's a good question for them to be able to answer. So it's a good one to work on. In the beginning, they can't answer that one yet, usually. I mean, some can, but most of them can't. But I have a little birthday chart right next to our morning meeting spot. So if this question is asked, I look at it and say, your birthday is... May 13th. And then they'll say, oh, yeah, my birthday is May 13th. Yeah, it's so good for them to practice that kind of question I, and answering and, for and sure. with information about themselves. I know. And just it's a really good little activity also because it's helping them with pre-reading skills, like looking at the picture to help you figure out yeah. the words, looking at, I mean, it's such a good and completing sentences, so and awesome yeah and then the questions will evolve as they master them so you can add different questions like another question that goes along with the birthday candles is what do you want for your birthday they love to answer that one <laughs> and then once they get the beginning questions down another way to build on the interviewing skills is to teach them how to ask follow-up questions so I'll model how to ask them for more information maybe I'll say Maybe they'll say, I want a bike for my birthday. And I'll ask them, what kind of bike do you want? Or what color do you want your bike to be? And I'll throw in there how we can model asking follow-up questions to get more information. And do you have any pets at home? And they'll say, yes, I have a dog. And I'll raise my hand and say, what is your dog's name? Or what does your dog look like? And then they will slowly catch on to that. And they'll start asking more follow-up questions on their own. That's awesome. Like the kids would ask talking. Yes. Oh, that is great. I do. So there's that. the one student at the front that's getting interviewed by the whole class. And that right. starts out the morning each day. So, yeah, the kids are raising their hands and they're the ones asking the questions. But so I would occasionally go ahead. First, it would be you modeling and then they would get the hang of it. And then it, and then it was peer to peer right. like they would. Right. Oh, and it would is, only be yeah. me asking it like for the first day, because by the second day, they, they look up they there and they it. see the colors. And yeah, they remember that. So the first three week cycle that you're going through each of the kids names that first time and you're repeating the questions each morning and they're pretty quick to pick up on them. And then they start to raise their hand and ask the questions to the student of the day on their own. And then you're using that sentence structure, the full question, when is your birthday? And they answer with a full sentence, my birthday is. So now you're adding more difficult questions and you can throw in questions based on things that you're studying. Like we do an animal unit study for the whole second half of the year. And I would put questions in there where kids could answer, what is your favorite animal that, you're, that we're studying about? Or which animal do you like better? So they get really good at this really quickly because the structure is so simple. So they learn how to ask the question based on the little pictures. Then at the end of the interview, we say thank you and clap. And the kids are so happy to be interviewed. And they're learning more about their peers, 
peers, which is also very important. Yes. So then after the second or third round of it, when the kids are getting really good at asking the questions that they have up on the screen, I'll start to ask some random questions. And it's funny because the kids will remember the questions that you ask them and they, they start throwing in, like you can start throwing in all different types of questions. Do you like this or this better? Um, you know, lots of different things based on different times of the year. And then the kids will sort of pick up on the questions that you're adding and they'll start to repeat those. And then they start to come up with their own questions. And we talk about all the different kinds of questions that you can ask and what kind of things you can talk to people about. Yeah, I love that. I mean, and if an observer came in and your kids are peer-to-peer talking on their own using like sentence structure and yes. all of that, that would be really important. It is so hard to get them to talk to each other. <laughs> yes, and you just kind of sit back and watch and like it just watching it evolve and watching them get better at it is the best feeling. But it is true. Doing it over and over every day, so simple, they get so good at it. Like we would always um, have peer-to-peer talking with a sentence stem before they'd go to centers, and I'd have them turn and face each other. And, I mean, they were so good at that. Even kids that didn't speak any English, they, hi, I want to go to the playhouse today. I am going to play with the dolls. Yes. (laughs) I mean, they learn it so quickly. And And then you just keep building on that. Yes, and then you keep adding more and more to it. Another reason I love this activity was it it was the way we started our morning. So after breakfast, the kids would come over to the carpet, and this is the activity that we would do. And it's at that time of the day, it always seems like there's something to do, whether you're collecting picture money, making sure lunches get put on the shelf, helping kids take off their coats or switch their shoes or yada, yada, yada. Or maybe there's a parent that needs to talk to you. There's always a lot going on in those first few minutes of the day. So the fact that your kids can start running morning meeting with this activity is so helpful. Yes. And like, that's what's so great about this interviewing activity in the morning is because that you will watch the kids take ownership of it and become so independent with it. Like I never did the calendar thing. I know this is kind of controversial, but some teachers do it and some teachers don't. But I didn't continue doing it after my first year of teaching because I realized the kids aren't picking up on this. Like we're going over the same things over and over and over. It just didn't seem like a concept that they fully understood until the end of the year. So rather than doing that every single day throughout the year, I decided to try to do something different. And I'm not completely knocking the calendar time. I know that there are a lot of teachers that have found developmentally appropriate activities to go with the counting or with the calendar, like counting forward, number recognition. And it's good for things, a lot of things, you know, things like that. But I just found like I would keep saying, okay, what day is, is it? And like, they just didn't get it. You know, we would sing the songs and and whatever, but they never seemed to retain that. It just felt like we weren't building on anything because we couldn't get over the basic things of it. So I would push calendar stuff off until the end of the year, and it just feels like, oh, now they're ready and it's just clicking. So this was something that was more developmentally appropriate that we could build on right from the beginning of the year, and they could all sort of be on that board, you know, and, and follow along. Right. I like that idea. Okay. The calendar. Phew. <laughs> Uh, yeah, people either love it or hate it, but I just, I could just seems like a time, a time filler, actually, to me. It seemed like a time filler, and kids would always start, like, I mean, when you're at day 29, and we're counting to 29, I'm like, okay, yeah, this you lose them. Too you lose long. them. You lose yeah. them. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah, it is a long time for them to sit at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So, okay. yeah, go ahead. Let's just keep going. Okay. Okay. So now that's okay. <laughs> okay. So now that's something that can go into your daily routine. 10 or 15 minutes a day, you can build on each student's knowledge of each other and their questioning skills and thinking skills and their listening skills and their vocabulary skills. So it's a great activity to incorporate incorporate into your day. Okay, so that's a wrap on the interviewing. Here's a quick word from our sponsor before we get into the next strategy that you can use to get your kids to do the talking. Okay, we have a new sponsor that we'd like to tell you guys about. It's a company called Amped Up Learning. They're owned and operated by classroom teachers, which we love. As you know, we're here to support teachers. This great company has fun teacher-designed and printed shirts that don't break the bank, and they have tons of documents and printable activities that gamify learning. How awesome is that? We all know kids retain so much more information when the lessons are fun. They have created a coupon code just for our listeners to give you 10% off your entire order. The code is tried and true 10. Again, that's tried and true and the number 10. It will give you 10% off, which makes it easy to remember. Tried and true 10. So make sure to check them out. Use our coupon code and they do giveaways every month on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Find them at Amped Up Learning. I will attach a link to their Facebook page in the show notes. So the other vocabulary building activity that we're going to tell you about is a lesson that I created. It's an animal study, essentially. And you don't have to use my exact document for this. It's something that's in my TPT store, but you could do it on your own. I chose animals because kids are so receptive and interested in animals And we used to do a zoo field trip at the end of the year. So it would build up to that. But essentially, here's how the lesson would go. I would introduce the animals to them. And I would have a slide that I created with all of these facts about each animal. And they would have huge vocabulary words mixed in there. Very, very impressive vocabulary. And that's what we would teach to them, you know, right at the beginning. So this was an activity that we would do the second half of the year. In our afternoon. So like the last 30 minutes of the day. um, And it just became so easy for the kids. So predictable. And um, something that's so easy to build on. That the kids absolutely loved it. They look forward to it every day. So the first thing to do is you have that. If you're using the Teachers Pay Teachers document. There's a, a slide for each of the animals. That has the big vocabulary words. So you would read through that. It would be helpful if you could see what we're talking about so we're gonna give you a better idea of what the slides look like by sending you a picture of them this time you'll text the word zebra again to that same number if you didn't text it before the number is 513-436-6609 and this time you'll just text the word zebra and you'll receive a picture back showing you a photo of the zebra fact page. So, you know, th- this these are already prepared for you and ready to go. Hey, Kaylee, did you love going on the zoo field trips? Oh my God, it's the worst day of my life. <laughs> you couldn't pay me to go to a zoo now. Uh, worst day of my life. Let me tell you, like, 
maybe tell this on another podcast, oh but Kaylee had an interesting experience on one of our zoo field trips with a it parent. involved an intoxicated parent. <laughs> it was the worst day of my life. I still, oh God, it makes me want to cry. I just remember looking over at you and it looked like you had had like been to the dungeons of the world. <laughs> I was oh like, oh God. God. <laughs> It was bad. I was it busy was trying bad. to hold the hands of two of my students that if if they got away from my hand, they would go over and like suck on the railings. Oh, God. So That's I couldn't good, even. Especially during my, this time. I couldn't even free my hands to text or, or try to get help. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway. No. God, Wait, did she migraine. ride on the bus as well or no? Uh, no, she drove herself no. and oh, then good. left. That's good. Left with her kid. Uh, and oh, went back good. to the school. Remember, went back to the school. Yes, stormed and in she was and... waiting on us. Yes, yeah, yes. And that was my. Scary. It, it was bad. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Well, hopefully, you've gotten the picture, and now you can look. <laughs> yeah. Great. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the slide that gives you the basis of you know the facts, but um, you know some of the facts on the zebra poster are zebras live in the grasslands. A group of zebras is called a herd. So what I did was I took these and then I created posters where I wrote these facts out, but I wrote them with big words, just pretty much like the keywords, carnivore, herbivore, and then they would see the baby zebra and then they would see the letter F and they would think foal. Oh yeah, baby zebra is called a foal. So then on each poster, I would have where in the world the the animals live so that the kids could say zebras live in the grasslands of Africa. Um, but either way, it'll help you to, to see the posters that we created. So there's the simple fact sheets that are more for the teachers. Um, but what I created from those was a bigger, easy to read poster with keywords that's color, um, you know, colorful so that the kids can essentially read it. So if you text the word poster, to 513-436-6609. Again, it's the same number every time. You're just texting the next word to get the next picture. So texting the word poster, P-O-S-T-E-R, poster. And you'll see the poster that we that I created from that original fact sheet. Yeah, and just like you said, it's really helpful for the kids, but it was also really helpful for the teachers because you can always... You know, you get into the habit of not saying like, oh, that's a herbivore or, you know, so it helps the teacher be yes, accountable yeah. for saying using, using the word, words using over the words. and over again. Because, you know, if you resort back to they eat plants or whatever the simpler vocabulary word is. So it's good to always have that up to reference, not only for kids, but the very teachers. true. If you're in the pre-K teacher family, you have access to everything that I've created for the animal studies that we do every single thing. Um, we'll go more into detail about everything that you get in a minute, but I want to go through this with you step-by-step step to make sure you're getting a clear picture here. So you're seeing the poster that I've created for the zebra fact sheet. Um, again, if you're in the pre-K teacher family, you'll get a word document with the little pieces of clip art that I have on my poster so that you can print them and make your own posters. The teachers pay teachers document doesn't come with that part, but the uh, pre-K teacher family full access does. So you're seeing the zebra poster and you can see how I've broken it up into large keywords and images to support the vocabulary. What are you thinking about the poster, Lane? 
it's helpful and as a teacher I also like how it doesn't look like it's gonna be that hard to create you know it's like a simple um poster that has a lot of good like little icons for just like we talked about before with the interviewing uh, the little icons help them read and that's helpful and it was amazing um when we first started using these how quickly the kids would start using like big vocabulary words like oh yeah th that's a grassland or you know that's a full it's unbelievable yes. it's yes. unbelievable I would read through it I would read through it that first day with the fact sheet and then I would introduce the poster on the second day and we would kind of review it and like they there's one kid that can remember almost yeah, every fact weird. like they're all remembering everything and so like this one for the zebras it talks about they communicate with their ears up and or they communicate with their ears so when their ears are up they're happy and when their ears are back they're angry mm -hmm. so we would have our hands up on our head and we would put our ears up and then we would smile and then we would put our ears back and we would be angry so that's so awesome and then when they see that up on the poster they can remember that yeah i love that and just there's little tricks that they have to remember all the different things on the poster mm -hmm. like the shield to protect yeah they protect uh -huh. yeah yep exactly yeah really good they protect the other zebras in their herd yes i have one other example here the tiger poster so if you text the word tiger to the same number 513-436-6609 just the word tiger you'll see an example of the Tigers poster. And the way I made these posters was just um, with like 9 by 12 sort of bigger construction paper. I would usually use like two pieces that I would put vertically like a big scroll. And then I would just write on them with markers. I mean, it wouldn't take long at all. I would just tape the little pictures of clip art onto them. And then, you know, this one, the the word carnivores has red and there's like a little piece of meat next to it. And the kids, even though it doesn't even look like meat, <laughs> it's a terrible drawing. The kids remember the red and the blood. And we think about how they hunt. Kaylee, <laughs> um, when I saw that, I thought it was like a clown nose and like carn carnivore carnival. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, how is that? No, Lane, it's a piece of meat. My marker was a little oh, faded. But not but the turtle. kids know it. Not they turtle see it. I got right away with the stars. That's good. Oh, yeah. yeah that's thank a good you. One. Thank and you. swimmers with the waves. Very good. Great. Yep. So the very most the most elementary drawings, you they know, work. for nocturnal, I drew a, a moon and stars. So they see that and they remember, oh, nighttime. They hunt at night. Nocturnal means they're awake at night. Yep. And then I put numbers on there. This one has, they can jump 16 feet high. So they see the numbers and they remember 16. And then they start to remember, oh yeah, j j jump. And then they can say that fact. And then they are, it's really cool to see them uh, start to understand the, the world map and remember where the continents are yeah. and, and be able to say that they live in Asia. Yes. And don't you know these kids will remember these little facts their whole life? Like, it's so weird. Like, my daughter yes. will learn something about, like, we're learning about dinosaurs right now. And she'll learn the most random fact, but remembers it every day. I'm like, wow, that's probably going to stick with you forever. Well, honestly, the most memorable part of this was that this was the first time that I would have parents coming in every single day telling me about the animal like their kid would go home and recite <laughs> all the facts so I would start putting it in our newsletter oh, that's awesome because they would say like they because usually it's like 
I asked them what they did at school and they don't, you know, they tell me whatever. They don't, they don't know. Right. But this is the one thing where the kids would go home and say, I learned about tigers and they have this. So I would start to put a little snip of the facts in our newsletter and I would say, this week we're That's studying good. tigers. You can ask your kid, you know, or here are some of the facts that they should know. And it would say like where they live, whatever, you know, the different facts are. And the parents loved getting to like bring that learning home and, and use those words and see that their kids know what those words mean. That's so helpful. I think that's so helpful um, because, you know, since we've been doing this so much online learning, yeah. I feel like it's been so helpful that I really know what like words they're trying to teach Scout at school and what activities they're trying to do. Because, you know, before I didn't know what really happened at school. I mean, I'd get home like little pictures of stuff every now and again, but I didn't know like, oh, they're trying to learn these vocabulary yes. words or they're trying to. So it's that's so helpful, I feel like, yeah, because it, then they uh, can reinforce it. It wasn't so until like during conferences, you know, of my beginning years of teaching, parents would ask certain questions and I'm like, you don't know what that is or like, yeah, you would just you don't even think about the fact that the families don't understand every paper you're sending know. home in the yep. folders and their kids usually cl- can't explain what it is. No. Yes. But for this, yes. I mean, they they can see that their kid knows all the facts about the animals and it's it's the parents get super excited about it. Just and that makes the kids want to do it more and want to learn more. And what's the next animal? They love it. That's so true. I mean, I can't imagine Scout coming home and saying Tigers are from Asia. Yeah. I'd be like, oh my God, what? Yes. <laughs> you're, you're brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> always say, oh, and then tell them what else you know I about know. the elephants. And That's right. That's right. That's good. That's a good feeling. Yes. For, for yes. All. I mean, as a teacher, I was like, wow, okay, this is, I finally figured out a way to bring the parents in on what we're learning. And it just, it's the whole second half of the year. So it, we just continue to build on it. And it's just a very predictable, very easy process that we do yeah. each week with each animal. So, the animal study was a week-by-week week progression. We would study one animal for one week, and then we would move on to the next one and keep adding to it. So on the last day of each week, we would do a review game, and that's what, that is where the language explosion would happen. So let's take a look at what we would do earlier in the weeks first, and then we'll talk more about that language explosion that happens during the review game. So on Monday, I would introduce the animals, and we would read through a little fact sheet that, that comes with the Teachers Pay Teachers documents. So you have all the facts, you have all the information, you can create your own posters. And again, if you join the pre-K teacher family, you'll get my additional Word documents that have the pictures that I used on my posters that are ready to go just for you to print and put your own posters together. So then on the second day, we would do our fill in the habitat activity. And this is one of my fa- Ooh, That's a good one. One of my favorite creations. And I came up with it. It's a good one. Because you know how when you tell kids to draw an animal, they're all just like, I can't draw that. Well, the problem was I can't draw animals either. So I couldn't even teach them how to draw them. <laughs> but what I did was I created a template that has a little clip art version of the animal on a blank piece of paper. So you, well, on a piece of paper that has also some words, but you would draw the habitat where the animals live because kids can draw lines to make trees and grass and kids can draw circles to make stones and shapes to make clouds. And these are super important skills. And the way you do this week by week progression and build on the skills that you've practiced becomes this process of growth that is remarkable. To watch each week as they get better at their habitats and their drawings become more detailed and to see them remember 
more and more vocabulary and retain more and more information. It's the most rewarding thing ever for the kids and the teacher. So we want you to see yes. what the habitat drawing looks like. Text the word habitat to 513-436-6609. Again, it's the same number that you've been texting this whole time, but you'll text the word habitat, H-A-B-I-T-A-T, to 513-436-6609. And the picture that you'll get is the habitats that we create. What were you going to say, Lane? I remember... I remember the first year you made this and you came into my classroom after school and you're like, hey, I tried this new habitat thing and the kids like really liked it. And so, of course, you shared it with me and I did it and I thought, oh, my God, like the kids loved it yeah. and they learned so much. And then I think we even had them like turn and talk and like share like the little sentence them every once in a while. Totally. And they were so good at it. Yeah. Uh, it, and it was. I mean, they would learn so much. And that they, just like you said, none of them got defeated by, it's too hard, tiger. Right. Yeah. I can't. And doing it at the end of the day was helpful. Yeah. Like it was always a, something they looked forward to. It gets to the point where they're like, what's the animal going to be? And they all come in the room That's like right. so excited. That's right. <laughs> so the, the picture yeah. that you receive um, when you texted Habitat is on the top left, there's a little tiny picture that shows what the big picture looks like that you can project on the screen or print out or if you have what however you usually show your slides or your information to the kids and that comes with the teachers pay teachers document so you project that up there and then they have their habitat sheet in front of them which just has the tiger and then the sentence so this one has a blank for them to write the word tigers and then it says live most mostly in asia they can be found in swamps grasslands and rainforests and then there's a line for them to write their name so I have them pick one of the photos in the model photo to make their habitat look like that because, which is also a very tricky skill. Instead of just saying, go ahead and draw where the tiger lives, I have them pick one and tell me which one are you going to make your tiger look like? Is yours in the top corner? Whatever. They, they tell you, I can put a number on them and then they can pick the number that they're going to try to have theirs model after. And it just keeps them focused. Like, Really look yes. at that picture and make your picture look like that one. Um, I was just about to say it eliminates a lot of wasted time of them being like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. It's not yeah. not like, I don't know what to draw. It's like, look at it. Pick one. Let's yeah. go. And they get so much yep. quicker at it every every week. So the first week, I model mine and I go super in-depth. It takes a very long time. I show them, you know, exactly how to write the word. I have to show them how to look up at the screen and find the word tigers and then write that on the line and then where their name goes. And then I pick one and I model how to draw it in. And, and I have cups for them with crayons that are all the colors. We call them our habitat crayons. So it's like there's no pink in there. There's no bright purple it's just like the blues and the greens and the browns and the tans and all the natural shades that they would find in these pictures. So we practice as they get better to draw like the grass could be different shades of brown or tan or green or, um, you know, the water could be different colors of blue or whatever. I like to usually let kids be creative, but for this activity, we do have them pick one and it just cuts out a lot of the delays and the... And they feel like a little, 
I like them to be creative too and have free drawing and all that. But this kind of makes them have another sense of like, uh, it's a different skill. It's a different thing. Yeah. Like they're and, looking at and it and they, having to draw it is very, it's a tricky right. thing. And they've created something that looks realistic, you know, to what they're, you know, like a real life tiger and a real life habitat. And I mean, most of their drawings up until now have been not real realistic looking. Right, so, I mean, right, it's like right. a new, it's something new for them to be proud about. I always right. felt like they felt real proud about it. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's super simple and it's the same every week. So if you purchase the Teachers Pay Teachers document, you'll have all of these ready to go for your students. And if you're in the PK teacher family, you have that and even more. But week after week, you watch their habitats grow and mature and they, they love doing it. So we would have the habitat crayons, you know, the cups, and they would get their cup of crayons and they would sit down with their clip or their little uh, board that they would have to write on. And then they'd have their paper, they'd start writing it in. And then as they get better, we would talk about how to like peel the crayon. Well, we would already have peeled crayons and they could talk about like shading. I would teach them how to shade to fill in like. Oh, nice. And they would get so excited about little techniques like that to practice Mm -hmm. on their next one. So little things that would make them very excited. And I would usually keep their habitat drawings together and put them in a book. And then I would also print the posters that I had created, I would print those on a piece of paper, different colors, and those would go in their books too. So at the end of the year, they could take their book with their habitat drawings and then they could also have the, a copy of that poster so that their families could see and, you know, if they had forgotten one of the words or couldn't remember one of the clues or the facts, their families have all the information right there and they would love looking through those with them. Yeah. And they can go, they're able to go home. And since they've done it week to week to week so many times, they're able to, I mean, they're not able to actually read, but they've remembered the sentence stem and they can look at the pictures to help them figure out the word. So they're actually able to go home and read the book to their family, which gets them talking yep. more. Totally. Okay. So we do the Mondays, we do the facts and And then either Monday or Tuesday, I'll introduce the poster with the pictures and the words. And then Tuesday, we'll start our habitat drawings. Wednesday, we usually finish the habitat drawings. They kind of go at their own pace. And then Thursdays, uh, we introduce the masks. And the kids get so excited for the masks. To get a sneak peek of our elephant masks, text the word masks, M-A-S-K-S, to our number, 513-436-436. 6609. Again, that's the word masks, M A S K S, 2513 436 6609. <laughs> and you'll get a picture of our elephant masks. These are something the kids look forward to one of the one of the favorite days every time and they would get so excited they would even ask to make a second one. Can I make one for my sibling or for my friend? Aww. Yeah. It's it's great fine motor practice because They're carefully coloring the whole thing. You know, it's gray in the case of the elephant. But for the other animals, like the giraffe, they would carefully color in the spots. Or for the zebra, they would carefully color in the stripes. And we would talk about how these are a big deal. You know, this is something you really take your time on. So they would really focus and do it super carefully. You could put these, I mean, this doesn't just have to go home. You can use these, kids can use these outside and dramatic play or, you know, you could do all types of fun things with the mask that help them 
um, you know, promote continue to use the words and they, they keep dropping the same big vocabulary when they're using their masks. Right. Because they, they start to like to share all the new words that they've learned. Exactly. To our number again, 513-436-6609. Text the word preview, P-R-E-V-I-E-W, and you'll receive a photo of five masks that you'll have access to. But you'll actually, there's 13 different ones that the pre-K teacher family has access to. And I would print them on cardstock and cut them out. This was something that my para could easily help me prep. So that each week I would have everything ready to go for our animal studies, you know, before the week begins. And I'd have the habitat sheets printed, the masks printed out on cardstock, and my para could help me cut out the eyes or, and then after they'd colored them, we would put the masks onto popsicle sticks. And then we would just reuse our materials for the review game, which we'll get to in just a second. But it's one of those things that parents could help prep those masks and cut those things out. It's not a lot of prep overall, you know, to get the things ready each week for the animal studies, it doesn't take much time. But um, that's something that you could send home with parents to do with cutting and whatever to get ahead of that. That's good. I always struggled with what to give to parents. So that's a good one, I feel like. And they, they like doing stuff like that. Most of them, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second week, you'll move into the next animal. The first day, you'll teach them the words. This, a lot of the repeating of the vocabulary, repeating the phrases. You can add simple motions with your body like we talked about. You know, if you're introducing the elephant's tusks, you can put your hands up to your face like tusks and pretend to dig with them so that they can remember that tusks are used for digging. And then you would show them the poster that has the facts they've already heard. But now it's displayed in a more kid-friendly way so they can read the poster. So they're essentially decoding those letters that they see. And along with the pictures, they can remember most of the clues or the facts like we've talked about. So it's very cool to see them um, read and use those posters. The review (laughs) game, this is how the review game works. You make one card for each animal and it's a card that folds three ways. So basically it opens up and there's two flaps on the front that close over to, to fold up on the sides so that they can't see what the card is that the kid's holding. It's kind of confusing, but we're going to send you a picture so you can get a yeah, clearer, you'll get it clearer picture, picture of it. It's like a, kind of like a peekaboo type. Yeah, exactly. Good, yeah. good word. <laughs> so text the word GAME, G-A-M-E, GAME, to 513-436-6609. Again, that's the word GAME. And what you'll see are a few of our infamous review game cards. So this really kicks into gear once you have a few animals that you've gone through and done the habitats for and you've had the posters for the way that it works is that a kid will come up and the cards will be all facing down and they'll take one card and they slide it up to them like up to their they're sitting crisscross so they slide the card up to their knees and then they slide it up their belly to their chest and then they fold it you know how the two sides fold and they peek at the, what the animal is, and then they slide it back down and put it under their shoe. Okay, so <laughs> nobody else can see it. And as they're doing that, the procedure that we practice is the other kids are looking up at the posters. 
Okay, so it's not this whole game of see who can peek at the animal or at the, you know, at the card that the person has. While they're sliding their card, the other kids are looking up away at the posters. That's something you really have to practice because they're all going to try to look. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So you have a little procedure where they are pulling the card and they're keeping it hidden. But also you're telling the other kids to look elsewhere so that's not even a problem. So they look at it and then they put it down in their shoe and then I tell them to think for a second. So they think for a second about the animal and the posters are hanging up so they can look up too at the posters and get reminded of one of the facts that they know. And then they're going to say, this is an animal that, and in the beginning, they're going to say very simple things like, this is an animal that has stripes. This is an animal that has tusks. But as you continue to play the game and you continue to throw out different facts, the, the kids will blow you away with what they remember and what they can throw out there as facts during this game. So then after we've introduced the game, the next week when we're doing the poster, I'll point out to the kids, oh, this fact, polar bears have 42 teeth. This would be a good fact to use during our game. If you pull the card that has the polar bears on it, you could say, this is an animal that has 42 teeth or, you know, whatever it is, all the specific facts. And they will remember that. One kid in your group will remember that. Oh, yeah. And then you'll point out a different fact about a different animal. And slowly, as the game is play- is being played, more kids are throwing out more facts. And slowly awesome. but surely, it blows up into this thing that I just sit back and watch. Like, I invite people wow. to my room to come see the kids do this. And I've made yeah. videos of my kids doing it, but I can't figure out how to show them without, without showing the kids' faces. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I just sit back and watch because... They all remember different things. They all connect with the animals differently and they come up with different facts to share. And it's so unbelievable to watch them. And this game, I mean, we used animals just because that always seemed to be something big with our kids that they really liked. But you could really make it anything, don't you think? Totally. Yeah. It's so simple. The game is so simple. So then after the kids... Say, this is an animal that lives in the Arctic. Then kids will raise their hand. And then the, the kid will call on someone. And they'll say, is it a polar bear? And if they're right, the kid will say, yes, it is a polar bear. And if they're wrong, they could call on someone else in the beginning. But as they get better at it, if someone answers and they're wrong, the kid that gave the question will now give another clue. So they'll say... Nope, it's not a zebra. And then they'll say, this is an animal that's a carnivore. So they're giving another clue to help the kids that are guessing. And then there's another way to add on to it. After you've done six or seven animals and they're getting really good at this game, you add this follow-up question. And they get so excited to ask the follow-up question. They love (laughs) this whole part. So then they'll say, this is an animal... That has over 200 spots. Okay, then a kid will say, is it a giraffe? And then they'll say, yes, it is a giraffe. And then they'll say, they'll hold up that giraffe card and they'll say, how do you know this is a giraffe? And then they pick another card and they say, and not a 
polar bear. Oh, dun, dun, wow. Dun. So like comparing. Super deep. Super deep thinking. Yeah, like, that is. And they That's pick up on it so good. fast. They pick up on it faster than I could teach them it. Like they That's just amazing. start to think of things in their head and they say, so how do you know this is a giraffe and not a polar bear? They'll say things like, because it doesn't live in the Arctic or because it doesn't have webbed paws. And like they just come up with the the reasoning oh, based on the same facts. And it's so impressive. It's amazing. That is amazing. There's so much good stuff in there. I'm just thinking, wow, that would hit so many criteria on the observation checklist. Yes. I mean, I would always have observers, whoever was my like person that was rating and judging and grading me, I would exactly. always have them come in and watch this. And I would say, come in the very beginning when I'm teaching them how to play the game because it doesn't look like, like much, you know, because you're learning how to do yeah. it. The kids are all learning where to look when this is happening. And it's it's very simple, but it... They're not throwing out these huge facts right away. Yeah. But I said, come come and see what it's like in the beginning and then come back in next month and you just just watch, you know, and every away. year I'm blown away by what the kids do every time. But by the time that person comes back, I just get so excited. I'm like a kid that's just I'm sitting there watching them with the biggest <laughs> smile on my face like, yeah, yeah, look at them go. Wow. I know you're so proud. Like, oh, my God, look oh at those babies. <laughs> oh, it's so great. And now to see one more extension of how we would practice this vocabulary and using the big words, text the word copy, C-O-P-Y, to 513-436-6609. Again, that's the word copy. This is what I would have co made copies of, the, the larger poster, but these are just normal pieces of paper. And then my kids, they're like in a protected pack and my kids would have clipboards and they could interview each other. And we, we would sit in small groups, like I would sit three of them together and they would have one clipboard and one person would be the interviewer asking the other two the questions about the fact. And they would say, tell me something about ostriches. And they're all looking at the poster and they're saying they have a very powerful kick or whatever it is. Right. So we would use those to review on a smaller group scale because when you can put three of them together and let them review, it was so much more time to talk yeah. rather than the game you know when we're playing the whole game they they have to kind of sit and wait you know for a pretty right. long amount of time so we would only do the game for short amounts of time and before mm -hmm. they got good at it I would do the game in smaller numbers too like oh, I would have good. five of them or you know my pair would have a group and I would have a group so that they were getting more practice talking and be like having an active role Right, got it. Yeah, that's helpful. And would you just put them on like little boards or clipboards? Yeah, or? I would put them on a clipboard with a dry erase marker. And I would Perfect. say, like, they and that's another that. thing that's there. It's there. And if they have yeah. extra time at any point in the day, I would say, go get a clipboard and start interviewing people. And I would yeah, even make I it a center. That. So during center time, they could take a clipboard and go around and interview kids that are at centers. And they would pick to do that over and over again. I bet. Oh, God, I can just imagine kids. They love they love having that clipboard and a little power yes. asking questions. <laughs> so then the last one that we're going to go over real quick is is goes off that same concept where um, you can use this at any time throughout the day, whether, you know, whenever your students have a few minutes, they can use these interview questions to interview their peers. So I would definitely use it in the morning when they would say they're done with breakfast or some kids that wouldn't eat breakfast. I would say, Okay, go get a clipboard and you can start interviewing. 
So these are three examples of pages that I had on mine. You can text the word questions, Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S, to 513-436-6609 to see three templates that we used to use during breakfast. So the kids would go around and ask their peers, how are you feeling today? Or what is your favorite color? Or what is your favorite wild animal? And this is, again, the whole phrasing the question and the kids would answer with a complete sentence and then they would be able to circle and mark on the board based on their responses. It's good. I think I'm going to do this at home. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, you can do it with Just anything. Ask I know, anything. like that. I feel like that's really a good skill. That's our third one. And I would have these hanging in my classroom on the back of a shelf and they, they were accessible anytime. So if, if a few kids are done with something and the rest of the kids aren't, I would say, go get your clipboard and you can do interviewing. And so they could go around and ask them, how are you feeling? Or, you know, there's so many different ones you can do on that. And so many add-ons to it too. Like once they get good at it, I mean, like you could even have them like start graphing it. Like, oh, so many yes, people like yes, blue. So many yes. people like that's so many tallies marking yes tallies marking graphing uh yep just, and asking questions about a story that you've read what who's your favorite yes. character from that yeah, story I was about to say that yes like what fairy tale do you like who's your yeah oh so good so it's a very simple interviewing strategy but it it'll get all of your kids talking and it, you're right about it it makes them excited to like have the board and the pen and feel oh, yeah really powerful to to go around and ask those questions yes when you join the pre-k teacher family there's also how to draw drawing supports for all the animals because I'm a terrible artist and I was terrible at drawing let alone trying to teach my kids how to draw something so I would use these simple step-by-step drawing guides and when you join the family there's over 50 easy printable step-by-step drawing supports that you can print out and set out for your kids and they get so good at drawing the animals and at first, I didn't see the importance of this. I was always like, oh, you know, they don't want to draw it. They can draw it however they want. But when I started introducing these, they felt really like they loved it so much. We, and they'll um, keep doing it over and over. Yeah. Yes. And we use some from um, the, the family, you know, page that oh, I yeah, let the Scout do. Yeah, and we sent it to her little cousin, and she was really, really proud of it. Like, she's like, oh, my God, she's not going to believe I did this. Look at this. I was like, I know. I wonder if maybe I would be a better artist today if I had had some of these (laughs) step-by-steps in my life. That's right. And it makes, like, their journal writing so much better. I mean, Totally. I mean, kids that are really into drawing will latch onto these and it's like it gives them more freedom to become an artist than I could ever do because Mm -hmm. I can't draw these things and I can't show them step by step how to do it because I'm terrible at it as sad as that is but (laughs) when you empower them with these little step by step ones that they can do some of them will just run with it and you know make their own books and that's Lots what I was about to say. Things. It leads it leads to different things like writing letters. It leads to making little books. It leads to all yeah, good stuff. And then then drawing the picture and then them trying to write the word that goes with it. it you don't think it's important, yes. but it's it's very important. Well, it's definitely a skill that shows when they go off to kindergarten and they can draw a few things. Right. That they, they stand out. Yeah. For sure. So you can text the word 
guides, G-U-I-D-E-S, to 513-436-6609. Again, that's the word guides, G-U-I-D-E-S, to see just an example of two of them. But if you join the pre-K teacher family, there's over 50 ones that come with all the different animals at all different levels for every kid in your class to practice drawing. Okay, so that's our episode for today. We hope you found it helpful. As a reminder, you can purchase the Fill in the Habitat Animal Study on my Teachers Pay Teachers page, and that includes the fact sheets, printable maps for them to find where the animals live and color in the continents, as well as the real photos of the animals and the Fill in the Habitat pages. But if you want all the extras that we've been talking about in this episode, the masks, the step-by-step how to draw guides, the clip art, and the pictures in a prepared document to make it easy for you to make the posters. And there's also window tracing printables of all the animals that students love to add to their little books. And there's smaller clip art pages of all the animals that you can print for your students to make into books. There are just a ton of resources in the animal study folder ready to go for the members of the pre-K teacher family. You can join by clicking the link in the show notes, or you can visit my website, triedandtrueteacher.com, and click on the tab that says, Join the Pre-K Teacher Family, and remember to use the promo code PODCAST for 30% off of your membership. Thanks for listening.